A lot of motorcycles on the road these days, you know, gas prices. And there are those who will tell you motorcycles are not practical because you can't ride in the rain. Eventually, you're going to have to learn because nature will ensure that you can't be a fair weather rider. The same thing applies to citizenship. Sometimes you have to ride through the storm. And that's the truth. From TNN, the Truth News Network. And here to warm up the saddle is Dan Newman. Definitely not a uh, motorcycle riding day in northwest Louisiana. 28 degrees here. I would say that's unseasonably cold, but, you know, every once in a while in January, February, every year, we get a little bit chilly up here. Well, let me say this. (laughs) Happy New Year. Can you believe we've got another year? And we're in the middle of it already. We're not there, but boy, with all the craziness that we have going on around us, it feels like we really are already there in the middle of it all. Well, we've got a big show for you today. Steve Baker joins us live from Washington, D.C. in our second hour. We're going to look at predictions about Joe Biden, about the United States of America, and maybe even a little bit from Steve Baker and yours truly. Big show today.
Basha. Hadn't heard anything from her in quite a while, but uh, she can still sing it. Hey, listen, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for getting us together, getting us going, and here we are on January 2nd, looking forward to a big year, and it's already begun. I'm sure all of you had great, great holiday weekends. Lots of good things going on around for us to deflect our minds and our thoughts away from some of the stuff going on in Washington, D.C. So what's up today on TNN Live? Well, you're going to hear from some threats. In fact, that's going to happen in just a little bit coming up. Who are the threats from and who are they to? Al-Qaeda. They're still around? Well, apparently they are, and they're threatening the United States of America mainland. And these are people that have some credibility. We know what they've done in the past. 19 of those slugs, members of Al-Qaeda, are the ones that knocked over the Twin Towers in New York. That's a long time ago. But apparently, Al-Qaeda is still around, and they still don't like the United States or any American. Wow. I didn't expect this to happen over the weekend, but it did. Something that is kind of scary, and we haven't touched on it here at TNN Live yet, but I think today we really need to just root in and get into the possibilities. What am I talking about? Tucker Carlson came out, and uh, you're going to hear an interview between Tucker and Donald Trump, and then you're going to get some information from some other people talking about Donald Trump, including Tucker. This one, you don't want to miss. And we found a fifth grade school teacher. A fifth grade school teacher. Now, these people are ones that are so successful at, uh, even though they've got great educations, many years in college becoming eligible to be a teacher, get a license and all those kinds of things. Usually, fifth grade teachers kind of keep most of their reasoning on a little bit lower age level than some of the people we look to and call them experts, right? Well, we found a fifth grader that took on a hardcore transgenderist and stopped that transgenderist with what? Biological facts. You're not going to want to miss that. Steve... Moore is going to be here. Who Steve Moore, you'll find out. You've, you've heard him and seen him quite often on Fox News. But there's a really big, big, big story that is happening around us that very few are talking about. And it's depopulation in the United States. And it's here. He's going to tell you what it is and why it is. And, of course, Steve Baker joins us at the top of the second hour. He's in Washington, D.C. this week, and he's in a court case. He'll tell us more about that, and he and I are going to talk about some of the other ancillary details going on in his world. We keep you every Tuesday on top of that. When he comes, he usually gets us into kind of, you know, a summary of all the stuff that's going on. There's a lot of moving parts to it, and every day it seems like there are more there. But I think today being the first show day of 2024, we need to talk about looking ahead, looking ahead for our government, for our president. And let me tell you something else. We're gonna, You're going to love this. The Washington Post 
weighed in with an opinion piece, and I laughed my rear end off. The title of the story is, No, 2023 Wasn't All Bad. And here are 23 reasons why not. Now, I think you know me well enough to know that what you're going to hear can't be serious. Because <laughs> why would I say that? There aren't 23 reasons why we could even come up with 23 reasons why 2023 wasn't a bad year for Joe Biden. But it's the Washington Post. <laughs> and we, we all know what that means, right? So we have a fresh year ahead now. Just starting over. Presidential election, election, election insight coming up in November. Both Republican and Democrat strategists have suggestions for what New Year's resolutions our president should be thinking seriously about making. He's exiting 2023 with horrible, horrendous poll numbers that show he has a low approval rating. He's trailing in hypothetical matchups between him and Donald Trump, both nationally and in key swing states. So in an effort to turn things around or to keep the president on the same decline, Republican and Democrat strategists suggested Biden play into his age. Focus on Bidenomics (laughs) and stay calm. I think using his age, you know, I'm old, but that means I'm seasoned and wise in the way of the world. I offer calm. The Republicans offer chaos. I think that's about the best contrast he can make. That's according to Brad Bannon, who's one of those big-shot Democrat strategists. He said Biden should make it a resolution to stay composed throughout the year. So during 2023... Concerns about the 81-year-old president's fitness for office, they keep coming up every day, especially in the polls. Why? Partly due to various repeated debunk stories and slip-ups over and over and over. A majority of Americans think Biden is both mentally and physically. He is not fit to serve effectively as president. Biden committed several, maybe, maybe several dozen mishaps throughout the year, including once praising the Congressional Black Caucus while he was giving a speech at the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute's annual gala. While honoring the 22nd anniversary of the September 11 terrorist attacks, Joe claimed he was at ground zero the day after the terrorist attack. Well, The White House failed to provide evidence to back up Biden's claim, instead pointing to a trip to site the president made several weeks later. He wasn't there the day after the Twin Towers fell. Biden said, Never forget Ground Zero in New York. I remember standing there the next day. Felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. Leslie Marshall, you know who she is. She's a Democrat podcaster. She does a show out of San Francisco, I believe. She echoed Steve Bannon's resolution, encouraging the president to play into his age, harness it through the election year. Some people will be like, don't highlight his age. I'm sure they tell him, Mr. President, jog up the stairs. You know what I'm saying. 
That's Leslie Marshall speaking, and she is a hardcore leftist. We all trip. I don't care what age you are. Make light of it. Use it. Use it to his advantage, Marshall continued. Aside from concerns about his age, Biden and his administration, they face backlash after backlash for their messaging surrounding the president's economic policies, more commonly known as he named it Bidenomics. So while the White House continues to claim the economy's improving, even saying that Thanksgiving in 2023 was one of the cheapest ever, Americans aren't convinced. Americans aren't buying it. I don't talk to a single American of every ilk that feels like and is not quick to tell you if you ask, are you doing better economically? They'll say absolutely not. Fats don't point that out. 75% of adults said in September the economy is in a fair or poor state. 61% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Now, knowing that, knowing just that last one, 61% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. How could anybody say they're doing as good or better than they were in 2020? Dems previously warned the administration that the messaging was not working, some even begging the White House to drop the term Bidenomics out of fear that the aggressive push of a booming economy may be upsetting Americans who are struggling. I hope he resolves the double down on Bidenomics, Sean Spicer said. You remember him. He was a White House press agency. Keep up the good work with oil and gas production in the U.S., Mike McKenna, GOP consultant and MWR Strategies president, told the Daily Caller. You remember hearing Corinne Jean-Pierre saying this, we've created more than 13 million jobs, wages are up, inflation is coming down, Bidenomics, it's moving this country forward. That was way back July 25th last year. Other GOP strategists suggested Biden get the border straightened out or take action against members of the administration who protested the president's pro-Israel stance. Fire all the kids who work for him and protested on his own front lawn. That came from Scott Jennings, a longtime Republican advisor in Kentucky. Since Hamas launched that terrorist attack on Israel, can you believe that was October 7th? It just seems like it was yesterday. November, December, we're approaching 90 days when they slaughtered all those Jewish people. Since they attacked, Biden has committed his support to the country throughout its war on the terrorist organization. His unwavering support of the country has come under fire from a bunch of folks in his administration and many of his allies within his own party. Several members of the Biden administration got together outside the White House a week after that attack to protest the president's backing of Israel. President Biden, your staff is demanding a ceasefire. That was a sign being held up by staffers, his own staffers. Others thought Joe should take notes from frontrunner in 2024's presidential race, 
President Biden's New Year's resolution should be reinforcing the policies from the Trump administration. That would have been a good starting point, I believe. Reinstating America first principles that gave power to citizens economically, ensured community safety, and fortified our southern border and northern border, by the way, which we need to take in in control as well as our southern border. That would be a step toward regaining public trust, steering our country back on the right track and away from the chaos created by the far, far left and all of their crazy nut job policies. And they got a buttload full of those. While it seems everyone in politics has input on how Joe should spend his year this year, Biden weighed in on Saturday on what his New Year's resolution is. You ready for this? Here we go. Here's Joe Biden's New Year's resolution from him on Saturday while he was vacationing in St. Croix. His resolution is to come back next year. Wow. That's deep. Among serious resolutions touching on hot topics, some folks offered a bit of humor when talking about New Year's resolutions for Big Joe. Biden should resolve to finally learn which direction the Oval Office is. So when he's done reading prepared remarks in billboard-sized fonts, he doesn't change directions like a presidential Roomba. That's from Mark Weaver, Republican strategist. You hate you hate to even talk about this. So, man, I've got so many things I need to cover before Steve comes in the second hour. Let's just roll right along. Uh, Joe Biden's got a new tag a lot of people are putting on his name. It's Abandoner-in-Chief. Abandoner-in-Chief. Four times Joe left Americans stranded around the world in horrible circumstances. You want to hear them? How about let's start with Afghanistan. Biden boasted he evacuated more than 120,000 people during that chaotic and deadly withdrawal, but they managed to leave more than 800 Americans behind enemy lines. Some are still there. Some have been slaughtered since Joe pulled this out. According to the initial results of an investigation on the withdrawal, of course, this is the Joe Biden administration investigating Joe Biden. <laughs> House Foreign Affairs Committee Republicans found that despite the Biden administration claiming there were only 100 to 200 Americans left in Afghanistan, real number, more than 800 who were abandoned by the time Joe Biden pulled all the United States troops out, 800 plus that number did not include those who were evacuated by NGO, non-government groups, and private citizens. Here's a line from that committee report. The State Department has evacuated more than 800 American citizens from the country since August 31st of 2022. That does not include the American citizens evacuated by outside groups. And it is clearly dramatically more than the number of about 100 that we were repeatedly told after the 
NEO, non-combat evacuation operation, ended. For perspective, the Iran hostage situation in 1979 saw 52 Americans left in the country. On top of that, 13 American service members lost their lives. No senior military leader was ever held accountable. They lost their lives because of bad leadership, a suicide bomber at the gate to the airport blew himself up and 12 of our military members. And, by the way, just to make it worse, that suicide bomber, the bomb that he was wearing in that vest, the explosives from that bomb were made from bomb materials that Joe left in Bagram Air Base along with $80 billion worth of other kind of military equipment and just pulled out. No plans to recall or get any of those resources back. Left the explosives there and they used those explosives to slaughter 12 American military members. How about Sudan? Here's another one. The Biden administration left about 16,000 private American citizens in Sudan in April. Hey, they said, find your own means out of the country. And it developed and dissolved, went way, 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 way down, devolved into a very violent conflict. So while the Biden folks developed options to help our U.S. Embassy staff there, The White House said there were no plans to help the thousands of Americans who were there. It's absolutely imperative that U.S. citizens in Sudan make their own arrangement to stay safe in these difficult circumstances. That's from the White House uh, National Security Council spokesman, former Admiral John Kirby. Americans should have no expectation of a U.S. government coordinated evacuation at this time. And we expect that's going to remain the case. Can you believe the president of the United States, his spokesperson for this, every one of those U.S. citizens that went there, they went there with the confirmation and the permission to do so by our government? 16,000 Americans are caught when there is a conflict, a war, and those people hate Americans Many of these people were there working on behalf of different arrangements made with our government for issues going on in Sudan. And John Kirby has the unmitigated gall to say, wish you luck, hope you get out. Let us know after you get home. Of course, there's Israel. Hamas will never see, I pray, another slaughter like that on people citizens of any of our allies. Silver Prout, a former Trump administration official who was there with a church group in Israel, said they weren't able to reach anyone at the embassy for several days, our embassy in Israel. Why was that? Well, we closed it. Monday, October 9th, due to the Christopher Columbus holiday. So on Monday... We had zero response from the U.S. Embassy in Israel because it was closed. They finally got a response the next day, October 10th. Their recommendation, fly out of the country commercially. However, you remember there were widespread cancellations 
prompting Representative Corey Mills of Florida to board a plane and retrieve American citizens by himself. One day after the attack in which Americans were murdered, some held hostage by Hamas, Biden hosted a barbecue on the White House lawn. While Hamas, this is a tweet from Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, while Hamas holds American and Americans hostage, Joe Biden is enjoying a picnic with a live band. We can't forget East Palestine, Ohio. Train derailment in February. Toxic chemical spill in that town. Poisoned the community's air and water. Jesse Kennard told the New York Times that when she heard that, she felt a sense of relief, believing his visit would signal to the world that a disaster had happened. However, he never came. Conrad said, I feel like I don't matter. She voted for Biden in 2020, told the paper, adding she was particularly aghast he flew over East Palestine in September to meet union workers up in Michigan, which that's a key swing state. Chrissy Ferguson, another resident, said, I believe that if we were in a blue area, he would have come, and that hurts. By the way, also, he has not yet signed a disaster declaration, and most of those people lost everything, lost their houses, and get no assistance, no input, nothing from the Biden White House. That's our leader, folks. That's our leader. Well, I told you we had a little uh, laugher. You're going to love this. From the Washington Post. I, I know I never tell you much or quote much of anything coming from the Washington Post but I felt like I had to, so I'm subscribed. Will you forgive me? But what doing so will do for you, (laughs) you, you'll get get a chuckle pretty regularly here. We're going to start with 23 Joe Biden, (laughs) 23 reasons the Washington Post is telling us that uh, last year wasn't really so bad. That's next. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance, and people love it. Of course, they love the savings they're going to get with Geico, but it goes beyond that. You deserve to save. (laughs) Heard that before. You deserve to save. I know. I need you to hear me. You deserve to save. I deserve to save. I mean, he has a way of making you feel seen. Bundle car and motorcycle insurance and save at geico.com. Believe in the power of friendship. Really? You guys are good. (laughs) Movies right when you want them. Watch unlimited movies instantly for only nine bucks a month from Netflix. That's so cute, it's stupid. This is your home. This is your family room slash gym. The guest bedroom slash music studio. The day bed slash dog bed. The living room slash yoga shanti slash regional office. Slash classroom. And this is the basement slash panic room. Maybe what your family needs is a vacation home slash vacation home. Find yours on the Verbo app. Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained? Or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified? That we freshly bake goodies throughout the day? 
Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every bite. At Kiehl's, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you. Saying it out loud. No spin, only the truth. Again, Dan Newman. Don't forget Steve Baker joins us at the top of the next hour. He's uh, been away on holiday as most of us have. Maybe we weren't away on holiday, but we were celebrating Christmas and then this past weekend, a happy new year. It's always a good time of, uh, of the year to kind of think through the previous year, all the stuff that happened, make some resolutions about what you're going to do, what you're going to change or what you're not going to do, what you're going to leave in place because it worked pretty good in 2023. Well, speaking of that number, the Washington Post, they want us all to think that uh, 2023 wasn't all bad. And to prove their point, they gave us 23 reasons why Biden's 2023 wasn't so bad. Uh, You might get a barf bag handy. Number one, egg prices are back to $2 a dozen. You remember egg mania? Egg mania. When prices soared over $4 in California, over $7 for a dozen eggs. Well, inflation cooled and the avian flu receded. Eggs are affordable again. Of course, the Washington Post didn't give us that number other than they said back to $2 a dozen. It ain't $2 a dozen at Kroger in Shreveport, Louisiana. It's closer to $3. Second, the gender pay gap hit an all-time low. American women working full-time still earn just 84 cents for every $1 we men do, but that's up from 78 cents a decade ago. Women surged back into the labor force after the pandemic and into higher paying jobs. What they didn't want to say at the Washington Post was Donald Trump brought women's pay gap much closer to men's during his four years before Joe. Okay, put this in context of where the Washington Post is. Their third things weren't too bad in 23. The Washington Commanders have new owners. Long-suffering DMV football fans finally had something to celebrate. The Snyder area era is over. Dan Snyder, the owner. I know him. He's one of the most evil people in professional sports I've ever known. I could tell you a couple of stories that would frost you. Hail to Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, and others in their group. They bought the NFL team, the Commanders, who after that, they announced they're moving to Virginia. (laughs) Number four, the hole in the ozone layer is shrinking. I was laying in my bed at night, every night, sweating over that ozone ozone layer. It's on track to recover 1980s levels by the middle of this century. That's according to a very reputable news site the United Nations. Number five, everybody clap your hands. The U.S. government did not shut down in 2023. Hey, hey, hey. 
It got real close, but Congress reached a compromise on the debt ceiling in the 2024 budget that avoided a partial government shutdown for now. That's still lingering, right? Number six, the pandemic officially ended May the 5th. That was the day the World Health Organization said it no longer classifies the coronavirus as a global public health emergency. Aren't you glad? Number seven, CRISPR gene editing treatments are here. I am excited about that. I know every one of you are. What does that mean? Well, in December, the FDA approved the first commercially available treatment in the United States based on this promising gene editing technique. This one will be used to treat sickle cell disease, but researchers will likely use CRISPR to fight a plethora of illnesses. Wow. Man, this is getting good. Eight, Supreme Court rejected the independent state legislature theory. Now, what was that about? The case could have gone and given state lawmakers unchecked power to set rules for federal elections and to draw congressional maps to their own party's advantage. What idiot out there believes that in a Democrat-controlled state, they're not the ones that do map their congressional districts in that state for their own benefit. They always have. But when you're not having too much to say is good about a year, you got to make some up and fudge a little bit, right? Number nine, big story. It blew me away. Taylor Swift and Beyonce were everywhere. And of course, that was great for the nation. And who made all that happen? Bidenomics. (laughs) the National Football League, and the economy. Beyonce made everyone want to wear silver, while Taylor Swift literally made the ground shake. Wow, what a great year. Number 10, Kelvin Kiptum ran a two-hour marathon. This guy's from Kenya. He set a new official record, just two hours and 35 seconds at the Chicago Marathon in October. Quite an achievement. That may be the big achievement, the biggest one we mentioned today. Number 11, President Biden and Xi Jinping met face to face. It was the handshake seen around the world. Leaders of the world's two biggest powers met in San Francisco in November, made small breakthroughs. They won't be friends. That's one of the breakthroughs, I guess. But they looked like like they were colleagues. (laughs) <laughs> this is lunacy. Who who thought at the Washington Post these were great things to just say, hey, we're okay. <laughs> Number 12, many of the looted antiquities were returned. The Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I've been there. I love it. There's, there's great things to see there. If you go to New York and you can get through the illegal aliens that are camping out on the steps of the museum, Go to the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It's returning ancient art to Cambodia, Thailand, Turkey, and Greece. The Museum of the Bible and Cornell University together sent 17,000 items to Iraq. California man gave 30 looted relics back to Italy. And the Smithsonian is finally doing the right thing, returning its racial brain collection to families of the deceased. 
That just made my morning. 13, guinea worm disease is, (laughs) this is real. (laughs) We didn't eliminate guinea worm disease, but they say guinea worm disease is almost eradicated. (laughs) Only 13 human cases were reported last year. That's down from millions in the 80s. Terrible disease is caught by drinking contaminated water. Former President Jimmy Carter hoped to outlive the guinea worm. And he just might do it. That, my friends, that made me look back at 2023 and say, yes, we did it. (laughs) We're not through yet. Number 14, climate conscious eating took off. Diners are increasingly looking for ways to make meals that are good for the body and the planet that taste good. Call them climatarians or climavores. <laughs> well, they had to come up with a 14. That was as good as the others so far. Number 15, Ukraine is now an independent country and Finland joined NATO. That's all one, yeah, great job there. It's been a grim year for Ukraine, but... Ukraine remains independent. Meanwhile, Russian President Putin suffered another blow as Finland joined NATO, and Sweden is almost there. Yeah, it's so bleak in actuality of good things that happened in 2023. Now we're talking about and glorifying and clapping our hands over the things that might have happened or might happen in the future. Number 16. Four Colombian kids survived 40 days in the jungle. The children, aged 13, 9, 4, and 1, survived a plane crash that killed their mom, lived for over a month in the jungle, and were rescued by the Colombian military June 9th. A true miracle. That, my friends, is a good day for those kids for sure. Number 17, the United States experienced an economic soft landing. That, of course, is debatable. Experts overwhelmingly predicted a recession in 2023. Instead, growth picked up, inflation cooled dramatically, and the United States added over 2.5 million jobs. Let me just quickly tell you, all three of those are gross misrepresentations. Experts overwhelmingly predict a recession every single year. And they say growth picked up. Didn't tell what they included in the determination of growth and how it picked up. But this one got me PO'd. Inflation cooled dramatically. Inflation is still way higher than it was when Trump left office and Biden took office. Listen to what they're using. When you hear somebody say inflation is going down. No, it's not. Going down means we would be headed for, in a dramatic, countable fashion, to back to zero where no inflation. We're not even close to that. What they're tagging this on and not telling you is the rate of inflation is not as high as it was when Joe started taking office. But inflation is nowhere near cooling dramatically. 
And then they said the United States added over two and a half million jobs. Almost every one of those wasn't a new job. They, the, in the press, in the White House press room, Corrine Jean-Pierre says, we've added, she would say for the Washington Post in this sentence, not that we've added over two and a half million jobs. She would say, we added over two and a half million jobs. These are just some people going back to work. Number 18, gymnast Simone Biles is back and better than ever. Often considered the greatest of all time, the GOAT. Biles dominated the 2023 World Championships, became the most decorated gymnast ever, even got a new vault named after her, the Biles II, that is so hard almost no one else, male or female, can do it. 19, we're getting close, we're getting close. The California drought is over. Thanks to lots of snow and a tropical storm, the state's water reservoirs are full again. It marks the first time California is drought-free in years. And that, of course, is because Joe slapped, slapped climate change in the butt. And California got the positive outcome, right? Number 20, Bardenheimer brought us back to movie theaters. Barbenheimer. Have you heard of Barmanheimer? There's still something magical about seeing a film on the big screen with friends. The comedy Barbie and biopic Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, however you want to pronounce it, were the double feature we all needed. Didn't see the one of them. Didn't see anything in the, uh, in the, uh, advertisements for them that made me go see either of the two. 21, a banking crisis was avoided. Wow, we didn't have it yet. (laughs) Timely and well-designed federal intervention contained Silicon Valley Bank's dramatic collapse. No, what we did was, on taxpayer dollars, we bought the assets of Silicon Valley Bank. So you and I are taking the hit instead of their uh, shareholders. Number 22, a 104-year-old woman went skydiving. Dorothy Hoffner of Chicago proved you can be daring at any age. Her tandem parachute jump in early October went worldwide viral and likely set a new world record. And here's the record. Another stupid person donned a parachute and jumped out a perfectly performing airplane praying that that chute opened. If you hadn't jumped, you wouldn't have to worry about it opening, so why'd you jump? Finally, Americans are traveling again. Wow. The year saw the number of air passengers, both domestically and worldwide, top pre-pandemic levels. This holiday season is supposed to be the second highest season for travel ever. Let let the adventures begin. This is crazy. This is just crazy. Washington Post is supposed to be a real news outlet. These are the best reasons, 23 reasons they can say. 23 rudden bat. Who gives a rip about any of those? Maybe one or two, but not 23. But there's some really not good stuff that was either initiated or it took place in 2023 doing a setup for 2024. Got some bad laws, bad laws, a bunch of bad leftist 
laws, when the calendar turned Sunday night, those laws went into place. What are they? Got a few of them next. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. Are we at the gas station? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. Get cracking and feel unbeatable with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. Bacon and cheddar or egg white and veggie. Made with cage-free eggs and packed with protein. Take on the day with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. America runs on Duncan. When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. I'll take a Coke. Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Ow! Our puppy's okay. He's a shooting star, okay? Is the laughter of a small child okay? Um, Are you with me? You seem confused. Let's role play. Now. Uh, okay, I'm Steve. I'm an actor. No, no, and... no. Just order something. Uh, I'll have... You will have a nice cold glass of the best thing you ever tasted. Okay? Okay. I think you might be just saying it wrong. You gotta say it with pride, okay? Okay. Oh, yeah, kind of. Pepsi's more than okay. It's okay. Okay. Okay, what have we learned today? You want a Pepsi? I want a Pepsi. She wants a Pepsi. There you go. Okay. Like a little John. Okay. I've got to come up with my own catchphrase. Okay. The Truth and Dan Newman goes together like beans and rice, brats and kraut, you and the future. TNN, the Truth News Network. Yeah, Democrat-run states, they're constantly trying to pare down real laws that really apply specifically with specific terms and conditions to their citizens But these new laws, most of them that went into effect the other night, are targeting cultural, social, and political issues. States like California, Michigan, Illinois, Washington, Colorado, all hard left states are enacting laws that are now in effect today pushing LGBTQ issues on their residents, as well as various restrictions to residents' behavior that attempt to limit emissions or damage our environment. Blue states are also targeting gun rights, expanding protections for illegal aliens. Give you a couple of examples. California, new law, January 1, fine major retailers if they don't sell 
gender-neutral children's toys in their stores. These items would have to be clearly marked in section. Stores that refuse to comply, $250 penalty for the first violation, $500 penalty for every subsequent offense. Now, how can you tell if a toy is gender-neutral? I mean, they don't believe in biology determining that, and I haven't yet heard a toy talk on its own. Oh, my gosh. A new law in the Golden State will ban the sale of any gas-powered lawnmowers, leaf blowers, chainsaws, or yard care equipment. You got that? The whole state of California. You can't any longer buy a gas-powered lawnmower, a gas-powered leaf blower, or a gas-powered chainsaw or other kinds of yard care equipment if they're gasoline-powered. Now, who's going to get affected the most? Think it through. Blue-collar workers, people that work with their hands, people like Latinos that don't have a big business, so they're working for somebody else. A guy named Valencio Vasquez is a landscaping manager in Sacramento. He said the people most affected are going to be Latinos. The law comes alongside a big push in California to promote electric vehicles and the phase-out gas-powered household appliances. California plans to be completely reliant on green energy and 100% carbon neutral by 2045. Now, how did they come up with that projection? Well, you know it's true. It came from Gavin Newsom. Another new California law just went into place. It's going to ban employers from asking employees about their marijuana consumption outside of the workplace. It would also prevent employers from penalizing employees if they test positive for marijuana use unless they're deemed actively high at work. All very subjective, of course. And, of course, the employer is not going to be the person authorized to be objective in determining those things. One job I'd be really concerned about. I go under the knife, go in to have some surgery done. Somebody got high before they went in the OR. So something big bad happens to me during surgery. Who do I go after? The person that was high? How would we know they were high? You think they're going to blow into one of those machines before they go into the surgery? Michigan expanding civil rights to prevent discrimination on the basis of gender identity. The Michigan Supreme Court ruled that state justices must use the preferred pronouns of attorneys in their courtrooms starting on January 1st. Michigan is also doing multiple new restrictions on gun and firearms rights. Gretchen Whitmer, Michigan's governor and lawmaker, signed legislation to expand background checks for gun sales to restrict gun ownership for those convicted of domestic violent misdemeanors and institute red flag policies that would allow courts to remove guns from anybody that the courts deem as a safety risk to themselves or others. And the list just keeps going on, keeps going on. 
I want you to listen to something. This may frost you. It's about the transgender craziness that we're all dealing with now. And a, a fifth grade teacher, a fifth grade school teacher got into a debate the other day. And the debate was about this new thing that this new law that went into place where one state ordered that women's, uh, uh, I can't even think of what it's called, the equipment that women use and have to have because they're women, they're going to be placed in every public restroom across the state. And it doesn't matter if it's a men's or a woman's bathroom. We have to put those items in there. And a fifth grade school teacher gets in a conversation about it. How dare him make sense about this? Listen closely. Transgender boys who might not have their own money to go buy tampons. If they're provided free in the bathroom, it's, it's a huge plus. Men do not menstruate. Only women menstruate. Now, you can call yourself whatever you don't want. don't menstruate, but trans men do menstruate. No, Same they as don't. non-binary people. <clears throat> Only women. Menstruating is not exclusive yes, to cis women. No, it's not. Yes, it is. So explain you're, to me as to why you're, my body menstruated are, at some point. If your chromosomes are XX and you're young, you menstruate. Cool. If you're XY, you don't. Correct, but what about trans men and non-binary? We're not excluding men. a whole group of they're, people They're women dressed as men. You are not a man. You can pretend to be a man, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Live your life. And tell me what a man is. Well, what's a man to you? You define a man for me. You have chromosomes that are X and Y. That's what a man is. So why are we just looking at the the the, the science of this as an the example? Science. When when we've learned sex and gender identity are two very they're completely different things. They're not completely. They different are completely things. different. Completely different words. And sex is what you're born with, the sexual reproductive organs you have. Gender is what you identify with. They're completely different Well, I don't accept things. that distinction. You have to argue for it. You're just giving a conclusion. You're, you're just making it up. People, the people who hate the truth, the people who hate the truth are because they see, they see the truth as hateful. If, if you want to identify in any way you can, you're free to do so. But that does not mean that the rest of us have to join that illusion. You disagree, I disagree with you, and so you call it hate. But there's no hate in my heart at all, so that's You fine. are being hateful when you tell somebody that identifies okay. as a man that they're not a man. That's not that hateful. hateful, that's a fact. I have to say, that's the third time I've watched that video today, and, and that teacher, Ray, can we, can we find him? I'd love to have him on, because what a, what a calm, decent explainer of the truth. And you know, it's funny, you know, I always say this thing about how when you're telling the truth, you don't have to be screaming and you can sort of tell it in people's body languages because you can just communicate it honestly without being hysterical and everything. Even the way he's kind of sitting there, like, well, you guys have come to the conclusion. It's not reality, but you've come to that conclusion, not based on solid arguments or science. I love how she's suddenly for science. Yeah, right, science, okay, fine. Um, we got to get that guy on the show. I think he'd be an interest. And he's just a fifth grade teacher who's putting his butt on the line to do that because I have no doubt that he's getting a ton of, of hate on that. But good for Dr. Phil to even have that, be willing to have that conversation. And I just want to say one other thing on this before we move on to the next clip. If you're a dude and your vagina's bleeding, you've got a problem, okay? Clip that and send it around the internet. 
Well, I, you know, facts are facts. Facts live in a vacuum. You can't manipulate, you can try to manipulate them, but you can't change them. And just because you think something's right doesn't make it right. Just because you think something's wrong doesn't make it wrong. Don't go down that road where you say, well, you've got your truth, I've got my truth. No such thing. Truth is in a place of its own. It's unique. You can't manipulate the truth. You can say different things about it. You can give your opinion about those things, anything, whatever. But you can't come out and say, if science doesn't prove it, you can't say it is what you want it to be. Just because you want it to be something doesn't mean it's going to be something. And I think that fifth grade school teacher, he gave the best example of that that I've heard ever. He didn't get loud. He didn't have to. Why? He just was telling the facts. And isn't that what people are all saying? Hey, we just want the truth. Give us the truth. We'll be able to interpret it for ourselves. Well, interpreting it for yourself doesn't mean it's something that it's not, right? I mean, that's just the way it is, folks. That's just the way it is. Steve Baker will be joining us in about two, two and a half minutes. He, of course, is with us every Tuesday. lot of moving things, moving parts in his life right now, and he's going to share some of those with us. So we'll go ahead and take this break. Steve Baker on the other side. It's movie season. We count down your favorite movie classics, including When Harry Met the Bathroom, Close Encounters of the Third bathroom. A river runs through the bathroom. For someone suffering with sucrose intolerance, a favorite movie often ends in the bathroom. If you're experiencing chronic diarrhea, gas, stomach pain, and bloating, remember, sucrose intolerance or CSID can be diagnosed by your doctor with the aid of a sucrose breath test. Visit sucroseintolerance.com. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, luxury. The aroma is full-bodied, the flavor is decadent, the touch divine, and the drive, yes, the drive of luxury is simply infinity. Introducing the Infinity Luxury Test Tour. If you think you are familiar with luxury, you haven't driven an infinity. 
Infinity of Elk Grove invites you to truly become familiar with luxury and take a luxury test tour. It's like a test drive, but with more luxury. We invite you to drive luxury to luxury, not for an hour or even a day, but for an entire weekend. Your choice. Select your Infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in Lake Tahoe or Napa Valley. And yes, all the luxury is on us. Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com and truly become familiar with luxury. Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys to a luxury experience like none other. LuxuryTestTour.com. Drive luxury, drive infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove. Expect more. I don't know any individual that works harder than Steve Baker, and uh, he's now back on the road. He's now back in Washington, D.C., and uh, Steve, did you have a good holiday? Hey, man. Happy New Year. I did. I had a I had a good time. Spent uh, quite a few days with my kids, which was uh, unusual since they, you know, they live out of town, and I'm always on the road, so when our paths cross, it's always a a blessing and uh, but this time we uh, coordinated our paths so that was good <laughs> well good you how many kids tell us tell our folks about your two. kids I got my, yeah my my son duncan is uh, 25 uh, oh what's today what is today the second yeah uh, yeah he turns 20, 25 in two days and then my daughter's 28 uh, she lives in charlottesville virginia he lives in columbia south carolina i live right in the middle of the two in raleigh north carolina and uh, so we coordinated some time on the coast, uh, the Carolina coast this week, and um, it was it was good. So you're back in D.C., and uh, you're in the observant room. That's where the media members go during trial. Tell us about what you're doing right now. Well, not not during trial. No, I'm I'm actually in the in the Capitol CCTV viewing room. Oh, so I'm okay. not in the press pool. I got. Yeah, you. yeah. So. I, I must have miscommunicated that to you earlier today. So either I've that actually, or I, actually, either that or I misunderstood. It's probably my fault. No, I'm, even I'm even a, even as we even as we speak right now, I have four different cameras up on the screen. I've got it running at two times speed right now. Um, I think I can tell you what I'm looking at. I don't think there's any uh, restrictions. I'm pretty well versed in my my rules and my regulations from the committee of what what I can talk about, but. Uh, I'm, I'm not the only person who has been investigating the pipe bomb situation related to January 6th. And I actually am watching right now the robot that um, blew up the DNC pipe bomb. That would be the Democratic National Committee bomb that was uh, found there just after the, the initial barricade breach at the Capitol. And so... I'm looking at about 2.30 in the afternoon. So this is the, the capital breaches have been well underway by this time. And then, and of course, you know, police uh, units were diverted to both the RNC bomb and the DNC bomb on that day. And as I said, as I'm sitting here speaking to you, I'm watching the extended uh, arm of the bomb robot. I've already seen the first attempt at detonation uh, it's working on the second or third one right now, but it's it it was not able to detonate the bomb because the bomb was a fake. It was a fake bomb uh, that that has been speculated by uh, news agencies and other reporting 
but I can tell you authoritatively right now that it was a dud and it was probably never intended to be a real bomb. Uh, had there been enough explosive charge in the bomb, it would have been a much bigger explosion as it was. It looked, it was, it was, it was less than a, you know, black cat firecracker. Wow. Um, when it, when it was blown up the first time. So that, and so that, that just pours more controversy into January 6th and trying to find out what really was going on all day long. Yeah. Do you think we'll yeah, ever and, know? And, and there's, well, I'll tell you what, uh, you're, you're going to know more about this because I'm going to report on it eventually, but I, I'll, I will, I will tell you right now that there are aspects of this investigation I'm working on that I have not yet gotten permission to report on. I mean, I actually, uh, I actually have, um, sources that are asking me to hold off because they can't get answers from a certain three letter agency that we all know who is, you know, hot on my heels right now. And, um, and so there's some, there's some, well, look, let's just call a spade a spade, Dan. I mean, I've already reported on cover up related to January 6th, as you know, and there's a reason why they don't want me in this town. And it's because of what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> well, Hey, facts are facts. Even if it's in Washington, DC, and just because they don't want to face them and they, they're the ones that created them in almost every circumstance. Yeah. Uh, but the great thing, the great thing Dan is right now, what I just said to you was on purpose it was premeditated, and if our friends in Langley are listening right now, and they pass it on to our friends in the uh, J. Edgar Hoover building, just a couple blocks from where I'm sitting right now, yeah, that's fine with me. Well, you've, you've got it on. You've, you've got it on record. Record right now. You've um, <laughs> you've scaled it up a notch. We have three Langley, Virginia IP addresses listening, so you've got a new admirer in Langley. Well, I'm, uh, welcome, guys. I appreciate your uh, attention to our, our Tuesday morning uh, conference call. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, I said what I said right now specifically on purpose for your, not just you and your audience's benefit, but for my benefit, because I wanted this on a recording that you will have and you will archive. Yeah. You will put it up on every podcast. I know every podcast platform uh, this afternoon. And... There you go. That's called uh, A CYA, or <laughs> let's just call, let's just call it a let's just call it another dead man switch we have out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's just, and I'm not going to go. I'm not even going to ask any details. But let's just cross the line a little bit into that environment. Do you see, and you deal with those people? and you're far more engaged with them and understand more than me or any of our listeners do about the three-letter agencies, every one of them. Uh, in fact, now I guess we can say the White House is a three-letter agency because they're up to their eyeballs and directing those three-letter yeah. agencies is what to do. But do you see and have any kind of real hope that on the other side of all of this, first of all, we'll ever get to the other side, but when we get there, there's going to be some meat on the bone 
so that there is, even if it's a remote, a good possibility that some of these wrongdoers that are clearly have been violating federal law after federal law, is there any accountability there, do you think, for any of them? Dan, it all depends on upon who's in power. I mean, look, uh, we, we know, and I, I have no problem saying this authoritatively, is that we no longer have a functional fourth estate. You know what I mean by that. Yes, For those yes. who aren't aware what the fourth estate is, that is the proper function of the press, is to hold government accountable. And we no longer have a properly functioning fourth estate. Okay, yeah, all right. So we got me out there. We got Blaze Media. We've got a couple of other um, people on the uh, more conservative or libertarian side doing investigative journalism, and some real. And there's some really good individuals doing it. And there's some good media companies engaged in that. But combined in size, they are still overwhelmingly dwarfed by the mainstream media, the legacy media, uh, and as, I, as I've said on this program ad nauseum, uh, it is if, if New York Times, Washington Times, CNN, ABC, NBC, you know, they don't say it, then it doesn't happen or it never happened. And that's the problem with what's going on right now is that that cartel of legacy media are fully in bed with the uh, powers that be. They're fully in bed with the Biden administration. They're fully in bed with the DNC, whose pipe bomb thing I'm looking at right now. Uh, they're fully in bed with the powers that control these agencies. Uh, they, all of these agencies have been uh, infected. They've, they've been, they've, they've had the leadership uh, replaced with activist operatives at the top of these uh, agencies. And they are being guided and directed by a single hand. And that hand may not be the single hand of an individual, but you know what I mean. It's the hand of whoever is controlling the narrative right now. And so if these agencies, these media agencies, these media companies, uh, these mainstream legacy, whatever you want to call them, if they aren't given the go-ahead to report on something and to reveal it to the public, it doesn't matter how many times I say it doesn't matter how many times Glenn Beck says it or even Tucker Carlson or Dan Bongino or Dan Newman says it. It doesn't break through the, um, the force field that they have. And we, yeah, we get it out to our little island of listeners, viewers, readers, but it doesn't break through to where it matters. And if they can keep it contained to our media bubble, then they have successfully controlled the narrative and that's what they do on so many that's why that's why dan it is it is irrefutable the, the, the hunter biden laptop story is irrefutable but all the mainstream media has to say is that it's russian disinformation and fully not 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 half of the country but 75 or 80 percent of the country accepts that as fact because the size of our audience is big, but it's not as big as we think it is. No, it's, it's not. not it's not 50-50. It's not 50-50. Oh, no. No, no, no. And even we know there are millions, tens of millions of people out there that listen 
to the outlets you just mentioned, the conservative ones, including mine and listening to you and other places like us, and they hear these things, but because they have been indoctrinated to believe what the mainstream folks are setting is the only truth about these things, uh, it's falling on deaf, deaf ears in many cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's ex- that's exactly what's happening. And as, as I say, until we can bring more and more of those on the, let's just call it the, the liberal, the left, the progressive media side over to uh, reporting the truth and the reality of what's really happening on the ground. I mean, just the stuff that I'm working on right now, they still have, they still have my reveal reveals embargoed. I mean, look, Dan, we, we have them dead to rights 20 years ago, uh, 30 years ago, 40 yeah. years ago, whatever, pick your, pick your date on the calendar. We would have had a large contingency of the legacy media would have been all over this story. They would not have been able to ignore it, but now, it is wagon circled. It is, it is, as I said, they, they're, they're wanting to keep this inside our little media bubble. And they're, they're, they're giving us, you know, letting, letting us have that bone, but they're ignoring it. And, you know, all I can tell you is that we're, we are doing some things to break through behind the scenes. And we hope to, we hope to have a breakthrough in the not too distant future. I wish it would be today, but it, it won't be, but it'll be soon. And, and people will start paying attention to this. I think but there, there, are, there are there are things that I am looking at today that would, at any other time in our nation's history, CBS, ABC, NBC, Washington Post, New York Times would be all over it. President Biden, thirty-seven um, percent of his time as president, he has spent on vacation. And if you put that in the connotation with the other uh, presidents in the near past, 37% in one in, in this one year, this last year, 37%. Putting that in the history of the presidency, there's not an example that even comes close to that in U.S. history. In fact, 37%. There's not been any of the other four-year presidents and even the eight-year presidents that their total, even in eight-year ones, spent out of the office. That is so obvious to the American people. And then when the American people, even the grunt blue-collar workers that don't have time to listen to the news, but maybe some highlights every afternoon, that's all they get. Everything's not adding up. None of it's adding up what they're hearing now. And a lot of people on the left and mainstream media that I talk to, and I have quite a few that I interact with, they kind of want to feel me out to see what we're thinking and at the same time give us a little bit of inkling so that we'll agree to communicate together with them without giving us the whole gist. We now know, as you just said, it is unfettered that it's factual, mainstream media are driving the political narrative of everything in Washington, D.C. pertaining to politics, every single thing. And because of that, and because of the hardships that average Americans are going through now, people are beginning to question everything that they're hearing. 
and I know a lot of people in the mainstream media are really fearful now, fearful for their own jobs because they're not comfortable any longer propping up just the narrative that comes out every morning. Here are the things we're reporting on, and here's what we're saying about them because they're getting pushed back from everyday Americans saying, look, you tell us things are good. They're not good. Economically, things are terrible. And it doesn't matter what your economists come up with in stats. Those stats don't line up with my wallet and what I don't have in my wallet at the end of the month that I had four years ago, five years ago. So something's Mm -hmm. not right. How long and what will it take? What will it take and how long will it take for this transition to take place and I can see, and this is one thing it, we didn't we didn't have a lot of time today. We're keeping it brief because of what you're involved in. But um, yeah. I wanted to talk about predictions for 2023, 24, <laughs> I mean, uh, right. because I've got a list and I've actually gone public with part of my list and it's pretty mind boggling, but it's well thought through and it's based on actual facts that we can see. I don't remember a time in my lifetime from the point where I begin to be cognizant about media to today. This is the first time in my life I have seen a large number of people that are not conservatives beginning to aggressively demand answers for what we're going through that they won't even talk about to people every day. How long can the left suffer that without really getting in trouble? And that's an opinion question, I know. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can only answer that with speculation and opinion because uh, we don't know what's going to happen this year. I, 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 I am like a lot of people right now that they think that 2024 is going to be a very, very significant date on our country's calendar. And I don't know what that means yet. I know it's going to be a significant day for me. <laughs> Personally, there seems to be no avoiding the, the track that that's on right now. But there's so many other things happening in this country right now. We are, we are at a place right now where you think about how long, think about how long you and I have been talking about this upcoming uh, presidential election. And we still can't prognosticate. We still can't uh, hang our hats on any one uh, candidate, uh, or hitch our horse to any one wagon yet. I don't know. I don't, unless you have in the last week, I still can't. <laughs> and, and there's nothing that I can speculate on to answer your question directly, except to say that nothing is going to change unless there is in fact a tidal wave turn. You know, you hear about blue waves and red waves, but unless there is a significant red wave, but Dan, just bringing Repub- more Republicans into Congress or into the White House, what has that really accomplished for us in the past? Nothing. Not a thing. Nothing. Thank you. And that's the problem. Uh, as long as we continue expecting that this red wave of bringing establishment Republican representatives and senators and presidents 
into D.C., if we think that's going to change anything, then you are woefully naive or woefully ignorant because I have never seen anything but a continued progressive slide to the left under any administration. It doesn't matter if it's the left or the right. It doesn't matter if it's the left or the right controlling Congress. And our, what we, let's just call it what we identify as the left or the right. Um, I'm, having a, I'm having trouble separating the two entities uh, when it comes to actual reality. And so when you ask how and when is it going to change, the answer is I don't know, but there's going to have to be a, uh, you know, look, if I say the words revolution, that'll be used against me in court because they automatically will tie that to a military armed uh, insurrection type revolution. Yeah, we've seen that once. We've seen that before pretty recently, actually. But we need to see a revolution, and I'm talking about a a revolution of hearts, minds, souls, information, uh, media uh, 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 against uh, the the controlling aspects of the deep state, which has obviously got its it's penetrated both the GOP and the Democratic Party, and we have to see. Uh, and I, and Dan, I, I, as frustrated as I am right now, looking at what I'm looking. This is a. I I wish I could, and I can't because it's a rule against what my allowance to be in this very room right now. I cannot take a picture in here. I can't run video in here. I. But I would love to have had a the permission to have a video camera over my shoulder as I'm talking to you today. This, I don't, I don't think I even realized how important this moment is right now until just this exact second. And that is, I am sitting in the epicenter of what you and I are talking about. I am looking at a story, Dan, that four days from now will be three years old. And the powers that be still have not told this story to the American people. And that's despite the fact that we have seen GOP congressmen in committees, televised committees, asking questions about this pipe bomb event. And the FBI won't answer. And now I know why they won't answer. Yeah, you're looking at it it right now. I'm looking at it in real time. Well, let me give you a couple of thoughts. And uh, one of them, I've got a story in Creative. Um, It'll be out later this week on truthnewsnet.org. But it's a couple of predictions for 2024. I'm not going to ask you to give any. These are mine and they're developed based on a lot of different things a lot of different historical facts, uh, a lot of things that when we deal in circumstances in our lives, maybe some right in front of us, maybe some in other parts of our world, maybe some in other parts of the world around the earth, kind of condition us to come up with A plus B equals this, C, then C plus 
DEF must equal all of them together. Two things I'm going to tell right now that will be in detail in this story. Number one is I believe this year, 2024, we will have an occurrence that happens in the United States. I have no evidence other than what everybody in America sees and hears and understands the circumstances that go along with this thing and these things happening are all there, plentiful for us to see. I believe we'll have an event that happens that dwarfs 9-11. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be in the United States of America. I think we'll be part of whatever it is. But Joe Biden has let, arguably, 8 million illegals that we don't know who they are, where they came from, what their intentions are, what their background is, no background investigation, has let them come across into our nation, has not only opened the doors, but we're paying for them to exist every part of their lives. They're still Mm -hmm. here. What are they here for? What are their plans? It's not just the honest people that are coming from all parts of the world that want to a real good thing, good life for themselves and their family members, and they're doing it. But there's always this little ding, ding, ding that goes off when I say that by asking this question. Why are they doing it the illegal way? We let in a million, a million legal immigrants into the United States every year. You put that in the context of Earth. All of the other legal immigrants that are allowed in All other countries on the planet, add them all in together every year, doesn't come up to a million. If these people are so good and honest, why don't they do it the right way? (laughs) That's number one. So what are they here for? And remember this, it only took 19 jihadists to knock down the Twin Towers in New York City. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't take a lot. And, of course, we know there are millions of people in the United States that don't like our government and how it's operating and functioning. So, again, I'm not saying absolutely, but I'm saying I will be shocked next January 2nd if you and I have a conversation and there's been no other big event that either is here or we're deeply involved with that happens. And the second thing, and this may blow some people's mind, I I don't see any way that the left are going to allow Donald Trump become president. And there were a host of Democrats two weeks ago when this first was mentioned. They picked it up as a talking point. And one one of them said it, and it it was one of the talk shows. It may have been The View, and of course that would explain the idiots there. They never are coherent, never say anything coherently. But one of them, if it was them or on another show, one of them asked the question, why wasn't there some patriotic German citizen back in the late 1930s and early 1940s that said, this fascist, this dictator wants to destroy us. We can't let that happen. Why wasn't there one of those patriots that would take take him out, talking about Hitler, of course. You don't think that's seated in the minds and the hearts of a bunch of the people that listened 
to these shows and these people, commentators, with their quote-unquote wisdom, bringing that up. There was already an attempt on Donald Trump's life. We didn't know about it when it happened, but it was stopped. And every president faces some of that. But when the big voice, which is mainstream media, legacy media, when they in unison come up with something and they beat the drum every day, Trump's a dictator wannabe, Trump's a fascist. You look at what's happening in the White House now, folks, that is the definition of fascism. What Joe Biden is doing, he doesn't use the government the way the Constitution says, and everybody picks up on that, and Trump's going to destroy democracy. He's going to destroy freedoms. He wants to be a dictator and all. Those are the things that are happening right now under this president. You and I know that, but there are millions of Americans that are plugged into the legacy version, and they're espousing violence to stop Trump from becoming president. Those two things I'm certain we're looking at, more than just a probability in my opinion. Well, I think you're absolutely correct. And I I saw it was, you know, again, this is the difference in how things are reported. But I saw a side-by-side over the weekend where even CBS News admitted to the record numbers of identified and they, of course, they called them migrants coming across and being, and these were the ones uh, actually going through processing. So these are the identified processed migrants. All right. So first of all, you have to look at the language. They called them migrants. They did not call them illegals or, uh, you know, uh, invaders or, or any other terminology. But two very specific terms. They referred to as referred to it as a record number of migrants being processed at the border side by side to the two videos from a uh, independent journalist down there actually covering the caravans of tens of thousands of 90% military age young men from countries all over the world, obviously large numbers of Chinese, Middle Easterns, Russians, parts of the world we literally identify as our enemies. And these are military age young men unaccompanied by women or children. But of course the CBS story was showing thin small lines of families, children, women coming across. And that is exactly what I was talking about earlier. We see the large caravans of the military age young men in our media bubble but in that much larger universal media coverage by the legacy media, the CBSs and the like, they're showing the downtrodden, the poor, the homeless, the women bearing small children who've made the long dangerous trek across the desert to come into our country for better opportunity of life. Well, they're coming in with they're coming in with anchor babies. They want to have those babies well, here, yes. so they'll yes, automatically get citizenship. That's what that's right. about. That's another another part of the story. Yes, yeah. to yeah. be sure. But that is that is exactly what um, we're we're up against. Dan is that the reason why the event that you are predicting, and, and you're not the only one, 
that is potentially going to happen this year that dwarfs 9-11 is because I think if the rest of the country could see what you and I are seeing in our bubble, they might react to that. They yeah. might respond to that. Yeah. Because even, you know, look, by and large, there are millions upon millions of Democrat voters who vote because of their job. Look, we have over 20 million um, uh, employees of the federal government itself. How many of those do you think vote Democrat just because of their paycheck? Sure. We have millions of people in the Iron Belt and, and other industrialized sections of this country who live a conservative lifestyle, by and large, go to church on Sunday, but they vote Democrat because of where their paycheck comes yeah. from. If those individuals had access to the same information you and I see every day because it was given to them from their media bubble, they might think differently. They might rise up. They might call their own Democratic congressman and say, what are you doing? They might vote them out, Dan. We might see the revolution that I spoke of just a few moments ago. Yeah. Not a revolution of guns, but a revolution of minds and hearts and votes. That's called democracy. But That's called democracy. It is. It is. Hey, let me blow your but, mind. Uh, let me blow your mind. Yeah. As we're talking, this popped up. Listen to this. I'm reading this verbatim. The Biden administration drastically simplified the vetting process for Chinese illegal immigrants in April of 2023. That's coming from the Customs and Border Protection Insiders. It was sent by a Customs Border Protection supervisor to a master list of about 500 Border Patrol agents, and it instructs CBP officials to radically reduce the number of interview questions for the Chinese migrants that they apprehend after illegally crossing in the country from roughly 40 to just five. The headquarters guidance came as border agents are overwhelmed near record numbers of illegals. The scaling back of an interview process fast-tracked the releasing of Chinese illegal immigrants into the U.S. while making it more difficult for CBP agents to identify national security threats. That's from hmm. John J. Carroll, a retired Border Patrol deputy patrol agent. Wow. That came from the Daily Caller just minutes ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, how many people in that sum of people you were just mentioning, if they would learn, if they were engaged, how many of those people are going to read this little story coming out of Daily Caller? Uh, a, a minuscule, minor fraction. That's the problem. And that's it. Yeah, you you talked about that's it all. up top. That's it. That's, that's all. That's what we're dealing yeah. with. Yep. Well, now that exactly we scared it, everybody listening today, <laughs> scared everybody to death. Can we um, can we just kind of maybe? And I know you're locked down, and you got a lot of you shared some of what you can share with me offline, and I really appreciate that. And I don't repeat it yeah. to anybody. I know you know that. Uh, I never yeah. do that until you go on the record with me. And we're pretty clear about that. But nevertheless, with that hanging out there, I know your circumstances are not on hold. They're actually getting deeper 
and wider and probably more inclusive. I'm not going to ask you uh, to, to speculate with us or tell us anything until you're ready to, but do you see a light at the end of the tunnel, maybe getting all of this put together, coming down the pike in whatever form it's going to be in, and uh, get on the other side of this? Is there hope that you can see now? Are you talking, are you relate, uh, speaking to my personal circumstances? Yeah, and what you're doing. Out, are you talking about uh, the nation as a whole? <laughs> no, I'm talking about you, and I, I mean, your circumstances are mine. You know, we're Americans. I'm talking yeah. about at the American citizen level. Do yeah. you see that there's a positive possibility of us getting through with this without having an explosion like I just predicted I think will happen without gotcha. drastic changes? Yes, now I understand the question. Uh, to be honest with you, no, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't see it. I don't at this point. I, I, I think. I think you saw the evolution in my thinking over the last year of our regular Tuesday morning discussions. Dan, is I have gone from someone who has been, uh, I, I would say, mostly optimistic about the possibilities and the potential of our country's future. But since what happened and the massive narrative change that exploded on January 6th of 2021, three years ago, I have watched the success of that narrative capture by the left be leveraged into ever more uh, quickening move away from the America of our founding. And I, as I said, unless there is a revolution or as we would say in the circles in which you and I grew up, a revival this year, I would say that this year may be the year that we finally lose it. We finally lose it all. And I, and that's, that's, that's going from mostly optimistic in my adult life to being incredibly pessimistic in just a three-year period. Yeah, And that's because of what I'm seeing with my own eyes. I well, don't want to see that, Dan. I don't want to see that, and I don't want to make that prognostication. And I hope if, if ever I could be wrong about anything that I've ever talked about, written about, said, been interviewed about in my entire life, I hope and pray I am 100% wrong. And I am with you on that. I, I want both of us to be wrong about what we think we're looking at because what we're seeing is not good. There's nothing ahead politically that I see that at this point has any real opportunity better than 50-50 to become an actuality unless some things that lots of people have their fingers on and don't want to happen unless somehow that would happen, those things. I don't, I don't see either us getting to a good place, especially in the next year or so. Let's segue in this last segment. Uh, again, your legal stuff, your issues that are out there. We had the holidays that, thank God, slowed some of that stuff up. When do you expect to get an update on what's going to happen? And maybe if you already have it, you can just tell us you got something working uh, or any timing about when that might happen. 
Yeah, I don't think anything has changed since we uh, were together last Tuesday with your audience, but uh, in, in case uh, we have listeners now that didn't hear, I have received word from my attorney who has been on the phone with the assistant U.S. attorney that now has my case. They have officially delayed the uh, date of my self-surrender, and that date is as yet to be determined, but they're saying it will be sometime in mid-January and that they will give me a seven to ten day notice window and that is in respect to my uh, travel schedule and to the work that I'm doing. Our intention after a conference call with my uh, my legal team on Friday, our intention is to ask them for at least an- another two-week delay just because of my my schedule is, is is very, very intense this month where I have to go where I have to be uh, with what I'm working on and with interviews that I'm doing and speaking engagements, that sort of thing. So with that in mind, we're going to ask them to delay that maybe just a couple more weeks. And I I don't think that that's an unreasonable request considering that they, they've waited over two years, Dan, (laughs) you know, they told me that they were going to arrest me within the week on November 17th of 2021, we are now in 2024. (laughs) If they don't think that I have been a danger to society over the last two and a half years, I don't think that that's going to change. Uh, The only thing that I'm a danger to right now is the narrative. And that's because of what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. But that is, that is, um, it's too late. I've seen it. I've said it on your airwaves and I've already sent the messages over to my editor in chief at the blaze, what I've seen. And so it's out there there. They can't, they can't squash it now. I'm very, very careful about that. But as far as, as far as my circumstance, my situation, there's still very many unknowns. As I said, we still don't know. They still have not given me a date for my quote unquote self surrender. And they also still have not uh, told us what the charges are going to be. Yeah. And, and I think that that's very, petty uh, once again on their part because their stated reason for not giving my attorney the actual charges that they intend to um, hit me with is because they said they know that I will tweet it out immediately. Wow. Maybe that's like, maybe that's the reason they're keeping prolonging bringing this to closure. They're hoping that you'll mess up and say something that j- just digs that ditch just a little deeper so they can come after you on some other charge. You never know. This is the government, the U.S. government, yeah. the Biden administration. They don't think like we do, no question about it. And yeah. they are so emboldened, they don't give a rip about what's best for Americans, period. It's what's best Dan, for them. Yeah. Dan, I spoke to a well-known media, uh, um, mainstream media journalist yesterday for about an hour. And he asked me over and over and over again, what am I hiding? What have I not shown? What have I not told the government? What have I not shared with the FBI? What have I, what, what is it? He, cause he can't wrap his head around the fact that they're coming after me. He has even said, with everything that I know, he goes, I just cannot believe that they're going to charge you with a felony. And I, to which I have responded, if they were only going to hit me with the minor misdemeanor, you know, the petty misdemeanor charges, 
then they would not have convened a grand jury in my case because they don't convene grand juries to look at somebody for misdemeanor charges. And I said, I am convinced in my own heart, my own mind, and again, I hope I'm wrong, is that they are going to hit me with some sort of felony process crime. I don't know yet know what that would be. And I, but what I told him is it's, it's going to be based on my speech. It's not going to be based on my actions that day. It's not going to be based on what I did because they have me in a thousand different cameras. In this very room, Blaze Media analysts have harvested every second of me in the Capitol building that day, doing my job as a journalist, videoing, taking notes, writing down my observations of what I was seeing, moving in and out of the building peacefully, and that's it. So the only thing that they're going to be able to get me on is something that I have done before, something I've said after, and that's it. Show me the man, I'll show you the crime. And that's true of all of us. There you go. Well, hey, listen, uh, you're living in three different places, basically. Dallas, Fort Worth, of course, North Carolina, and D.C. We haven't yeah. seen you in a while. Are you headed into Dallas at some point in the near future and can yeah, I've got schedule a, a stop I've got to by? Be in New York. Yeah, I've got to be in New York this weekend. Actually, I'm speaking at an event uh, in Raleigh on Thursday. I'm speaking at an event in Long Island, uh, on Long Island, New York, on Saturday. And then from there, I am headed your direction. So I intend to at least pass through uh, the good old uh, hometown of Shreveport. And then I've got to be over in Dallas where I'm going to be for the next couple of weeks at least before I have to go uh, to another location that's not one of those three or four that I just mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting, interesting. Hey, listen, let me ask your permission to do this. Can I I, uh, download this conversation we just had today, turn it into an addition to our podcast today and cut it out separately and post it on my website and let our people download and share? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Let's get this out there. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you, buddy, for being our friend. Let us know when and what we can do to help you as we move forward and keep us posted. You're our hero. And, uh, We do not take for granted what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Dan, and Happy New Year to you and to the audience, everyone listening in. And I mean that. It's uh, this is this this is not all about me. This is us all together. Thanks, Steve. Be careful. Talk soon. Take care. Bye bye. This is your home. This is your family room slash gym. The guest bedroom slash music studio. The daybed slash dog bed. The living room slash yoga shanti slash regional office. How did you guys do it? Slash classroom. And this is the basement slash panic room. Maybe what your family needs is a vacation home slash vacation home. Find yours on the Verbo app. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into, like the taco and burrito cravings pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if you're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing, 
you know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it. For a limited time at participating Taco Bell locations near you. Biggie bag, huh? It's new from Wendy's. It's everything you ever wanted for just five bucks. Everything I ever wanted? Wendy's bacon double stack, four nuggets, fries, a drink, and the spelling bee medal you lost in second grade because you couldn't spell soliloquy. It really is everything I ever wanted. Get a bacon double stack with a quarter pound of fresh beef, nuggets, fries, and a drink for just five bucks. Wendy's Biggie Bag is everything you ever wanted. Sorry, I'm going to need all that back. Really? When you choose a great-tasting Miller Lite, you're choosing on taste. And that's the right choice, not the wrong choice. Because right is way better than wrong. You don't try to do the wrong thing. Wrong on, brother? Back off, and I don't even know you. If someone asks you if everything's all wrong, ask them to pull your finger. Ever read The Bill of Wrongs? It was written by James Baddison and John Saddams. Drawing a wrong triangle? Place this protractor at 90 degrees and sit on it. What's wrong around the corner? An 8-foot ex-con named Tiny, and he wants your wallet. That's wrong up your alley, just like the drifter feeding moldy muffin stumps to his 13 hairless cats. Got a wrong hand man? I've got a cousin named Randall with clammy hands. The customer's always wrong? Well, that explains the waiter's creepy grin as I ate my toast. Two wrongs do make a wrong. Am I wrong? Wrong. So don't make the wrong choice. Make the right choice. And choose on taste. Triple Hops Brewed Miller Lite. Taste greatness. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Great beer, great responsibility. Our thanks always for Steve Baker and his great contribution to the U.S. media world, the facts and the truths that he presents to us and others. Just a request, a simple request from you. Um, when you think of him, just whisper a prayer for God to protect Steve Baker and uh, keep the bad stuff from happening just because somebody in government can do what they want to do and not because it should be done. I think we all would like to be in that vein. Hey, listen, can't end the show today without giving you the latest regarding this Jeffrey Epstein debacle that's out there. We all know him convicted pedophile, had Pedo Island down in the Caribbean, uh, and he took thousands of people down there. And it's now a judge has forced about 150 of those that went with him were there, not with all the details of what they went for, but that they were there. And we're told these 150 names are at least going to begin to be released this week. Here's the details. The names of people associated with Jeffrey Epstein could be unsealed as early as today, possibly including some powerful people. Last month, a federal judge ruled the names of Epstein's alleged victims and those connected to him must be made public. The list could contain more than 150 names. It does not imply knowledge of his alleged crimes or involvement in them. Nancy Chen has more. Nearly four and a half years after Jeffrey Epstein died by suicide in a New York federal prison, names of Epstein's associates, employees, and alleged victims are expected to be unsealed in court documents related to a 2015 settled civil suit involving Epstein accomplice Ghislaine Maxwell. Maxwell is currently serving a 20-year prison sentence for helping Epstein groom and sexually abuse underage girls. 
Maxwell and Epstein have been accused of running a sex trafficking operation. In 2020, alleged Epstein victim Virginia Jufre told Gail King she believed Maxwell likely had incriminating information on high-profile people. People like who? People well-known names? Very well-known names. Um, you know, the government officials, the, the politicians, the royalty. Jufre accused Epstein and Maxwell of sex trafficking her to Britain's Prince Andrew when she was 17. He denied her allegations, and they settled out of court in 2022. Former President Bill Clinton, who has never been accused of any wrongdoing connected to Epstein, could also be named in the unsealed documents. CBS News legal analyst Ricky Kleeman says this is believed to be the final document dump related to Epstein. I think it's highly significant for documents to be unsealed so that the complete story of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell can be made public. We need to know as members of the public who have an interest in keeping women and young girls, children, safe from predators. We reached out to a representative for former President Clinton who pointed us to a statement from 2019 that said he knows nothing about Epstein's crimes. Now, the judge in this case did allow anyone who did not want to be named to come forward and petition the court to keep their name a secret. But just because you're on the list doesn't mean that you're necessarily guilty, but it could also mean that you could get cleared. Okay. So the, so what is the connection or the association that people have to be on the list? You could be as much as an employee or a linchpin behind all of this. Okay. So it might say nothing. It might say something. something. A lot of people are watching. I don't know if they mentioned it, but uh, we've been told that former President Bill Clinton is going to be classified in this release as John Doe number 36. Hmm. John Doe number 36. He's actually uh, number 42 in the White House. I don't guess that matters. It'll be interesting to see. Representative Jamie Raskin, Democrat from Maryland. We've talked about him. In fact, Steve Baker released some information that he gave to us two weeks ago where one of those, actually both of those police, Capitol Police officers that testified in trials gave a lot of bad information that was actually perjury. One of those cops the next day resigned. Well, Jamie Raskin was part of a collusion to create a fake letter from one of those Capitol Police officers and released it on CNN. So speaking of CNN and Jamie Raskin, he said in an interview yesterday on CNN State of the Union, he feels, Raskin feels, the Biden administration is law-abiding. Dana Bash of CNN asked him, I want to move on to something that's going on in your committee. You're ranking Democrat in the Oversight Committee. Your chairman is asking the White House for any documents that Biden played a role in his son Hunter's decision to defy that subpoena from the GOP on your committee. They point to the White House press secretary saying the president was, quote, certainly familiar with what his son was going to say. Should the White House comply with that subpoena? Raskin said, you know, the White House has been complying. Unlike the Trump White House, the Biden White House has been complying all along, and we have looked at for 11 months now thousands and thousands of documents. We've had testimony from all kinds of people in the government, Treasury, IRS, you name it, Bastin asked. So they should comply? Raskin, 
They don't have anything on Joe. I assume they should continue to participate in this charade because the Biden administration is a law-abiding administration, unlike the Trump administration, which collected millions of dollars from foreign governments in violation of the Foreign Emoluments Clause. We'll have a report about that coming out about in the beginning of the year. That'll shock a lot of people. The documented receipts we have from foreign governments that were given money directly to the Trump Hotel, the Trump Tower, Donald Trump himself, a lot of different ways, millions and millions of dollars. That all, of course, is driveled. None of what he said has already been debunked in every way. Remember this, Donald Trump's the most investigated president in U.S. history. Impeached twice. And don't you think some of that crap he just mentioned would have been included for some more bullets in their impeachment gun for impeachment number one and, of course, impeachment number two? Hey, guys, Monday, a new year, January 2nd. Will we have a great January? We're going to be on top of anything and everything going on to make sure you've got it all, whatever it is you need to live factually what we do here. You have a great day. We will see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. The long-awaited rains have fallen hard upon the thirsty ground. Carved the way to where the wild and rushing river can be found. And like the rain, I have been carried here to where the river flows. Yeah. My heart is racing and my knees are weak as I walk to the edge. I know there is no turning back Once my feet have left the ledge And in the rush I hear a voice It's telling me it's time to take the leap of faith So here I go Count.